everyone and welcome to Reading by Flashlight. Today we're going to be going over chapters 37 through 40 of Daughter of the Deep, Rick Riordan's new book. And without further ado, let's get into it. So here it is starting off with chapter 37. So Anna wakes up early in the morning and she's ready to dive. And after her dive, it kind of just skips off. But some of the crew were kind of whispering about how creepy the old sub was, which just kind of makes them more excited about it. Like, uh, some were talking about where Captain Nemo's body was found and how exactly Anna's parents were killed. And they tried to have these conversations out of her range, out of her earshot, like not to upset her. But she's like, unfortunately, I can read lips. Everybody seems to think that our first spin in the Nautilus is going to be a great success. And Kia Jensen yells at her, you've got the Nemo touch. And then, like, even Delena, who knows how tricky advanced tech can be, she's, like, perfectly comfortable with this. She's at ease, and she's like, we're about to operate the oldest, most complicated submarine on the planet. Aren't you even a little excited? And she doesn't even answer, because she's like, eh, I don't know, kind of killed my parents. Mm, I don't know what to think about that. And she goes to where the Nautilus is, where everyone kind of is hanging around, and she's kind of just staring at it. And then Luca is, like, mumbling stuff, and then he's like, and we all think Anna will agree on this, right? And then Anna looks at him, and she's like, what? Like, she was brought out of her daze, and the classmates are laughing, and Luca's like, Anna is simply just proving my point. We have to stay focused at all times and take things slow. Today, our task is going to be simple. If we can submerge the Nautilus and resurface, this will be a triumph. And then Helena's like, aw, but can't we just take a short spin around the lake? And then someone else is like, I want to see what she can do in the open sea. And other people are clapping in with their whoops of approval. And Anna's like, hold on, how does this sub get from here to open sea? She asks, she's asking Esther, and Esther says, Luca was just saying that there's an underwater tunnel that leads out past the atoll. It's probably an old lava vent. Do you think I should write lava vent or just tunnel? And then Ophelia comes in, claps her hands to get their attention, and she yells, freshman! And everyone falls silent. So she's like, so... Then, we are going to take this assignment seriously. The Nautilus has not been operated in almost 200 years, and we must give Anna and the rest of us time to acclimatize. It's going to be a bit like learning to ride a horse. And then, Meadow Newman frowns and says, This sub is still a machine, right? You make it sound like it's a wild animal. And Esther says, Look out! So she hits the deck, and water is blasting out from either side of the Nautilus's prow, arching kind of backwards over the top of the ship. And, yeah... They're all soaked from head to foot. And there's a moment of stunned silence. And then Meadow's looking. She's like flabbergasted. And she's like, I'm sorry, Nautilus. You're a magnificent creature. And then people are laughing at her. And Top's barking and shaking himself off. And yeah, releasing nerves with laughter. I don't know. And then Socrates breaches in the middle of the lake and he splashes down sideways, like trying to make as much noise as possible. And a moment later, his head pops up and he's like chattering, he's clicking, and he's like whistling at Anna like urgently. And Jim's like, whoa, how did he find us? And Anna's thinking, but that's not the right question. The question is, why did he find us? And Esther says, something's wrong. And then Socrates is like bucking his head backward. And it's a signal she remembered. It was the same one he used when the lights were flickering on and off when she was with Dev underwater. And it's let go, hurry, like something like that. 
And then Anna yells, everybody, hey. And then everyone turns silent and looks at her. And Elena frowns at the dolphin, then frowns at Anna. And she's like, what's going on? My hands are shaking. None of us are okay. I think the Aranax has found us. So chapter 38. For a few chaotic moments, the entire class is kind of milling around being like, what, what? And she, like, the dolphin's telling me so. What? How does that make sense? But she's like, he knows. He knows that we need to leave now. And then Ophelia restores order, and she gives each house a different assignment. She tells the sharks to check the island's defensive grid. She tells the cephalopods to send out drones. She tells the orcas to monitor communications and the locusts. And she tells the dolphins to sweep the Verona one more time for tracking devices. And Ophelia's like, and the four prefects stay with Luca and me. So, Franklin, Tia, Jim, and Anna, of course, aboard the Nautilus. And Luca is looking at a locust, and he's like, I don't see anything. And Ophelia says, check again. And then Luca's like, okay, I'll check again. There's still nothing. And Jim's like, but we're in the middle of a mountain. That's got to affect the Nautilus's sensors, right? And Luca's like, well, not as much as you think, actually. Even through hundreds of meters of solid rock, these instruments are still more sensitive than anything else in the base. And Anna says, but if the Animax has dynamic camouflage, which it probably does, and then Ophelia interrupts, bringing more good news. We should th see thermal variations, nevertheless, but perhaps not until it gets closer. Too close, maybe. Tia, are the drones online yet? And then she's like, uh, I don't, like, she doesn't know how to use it yet. And she's like, wait. And she hits a button, and a swarm of purple dots appear on the holosphere. And she's like, yeah, they're famming out in the search perimeter. But if the Animax is out there, won't the drones give away our position? And Luke is like, if the Aranamax is out there, they already know that we're here and we have much bigger problems. And Jim's like, well, Lincoln Base is well defended, right? We saw the turrets on the way in, and Ophelia says, we have defenses, but we can't. We can fend off almost anything a regular Navy could throw at us, but we can't be sure what the Aranamax capabilities are. We're going to have to assume the worst. But then Franklin's lacing his fingers, and he like, he's like, we saw what the Aranamax did to HP. What happens if one of those warheads hits the island? And then Tia gasps, and she's like, wait. Drone 6 and 7 just went dark. And then everyone's hurrying over to see what's happening. And she's like, did you try rerouting, blah, blah, blah. She's like, yeah. All these drones are going dark. They're blacking out. I don't know. They're being turned off somehow. And then Lucas says, Anna, you have to take the Nautilus away from here, out to open sea. She cannot fall into Eli's possession. And then Jim says, hold on, we don't even know if the sub can move. And Franklin says, you were just lecturing on us how to take things slowly. Ophelia is saying, and now we have no time. If the Aramax put a tracker on the Verona, they'll be focused on Lincoln Base, not the Nautilus herself. We have enough defenses to keep them occupied while you guys escape. And then Anna's like, but we can help fight them off. Why take the risk of leaving? And then Lucas said, the greatest risk is that Land Institute acquires a submarine. That is a risk to the entire world. The Nautilus will listen to you, and I'm confident in her seaworthiness. She should have basic propulsion. Her camouflage is operational. And Tia's like, well, that at least is true. We checked it yesterday. And Ophelia says, she can run and hide, but her long-range weapons are non-functional. In a fight, she'd be helpless. And Jim's like, that's also true. And we don't even know how half of the weapon systems work. And those torpedoes... And he shakes his head sadly. Poor Jim, his torpedoes won't work. And then Ophelia says, Sitting here, the Nautilus is simply just a prize waiting to be taken. On the open sea, at least she has a chance. And Anna's considering this, and she's like, But I'm the only Dakar. It has to be me. 
And then she says, I hate my DNA. And Anna says, if we do this, what do we do about Dr. Hewitt? We can't just move him. And then Franklin says, oh, I'm staying behind. Like, that's obvious. And he's like, I'm not leaving my patient in the middle of treatment. Esther can be acting prefect. She's like, but... And T's like, I'm staying too. Ophelia and Luca will need help with the island's defense systems. Besides, Nalin, besides, Nalin is your best combat engineer. And she's like, Tia, I never... And she doesn't want these people to say, but she needs their expertise. And she's like, hey, it's fine. We all have different strengths. Working on that sub, beautiful as she is, that's not one of mine. And then Luca says, we'd welcome your help on the base. Anna, the tunnel from this cavern emerges south of the Adol, directly opposite the Aaron Max's approach vector. Blah, blah, blah. They're talking about all the geographical locations and where everything is. And she says, we'll do our best to draw their attention and buy you time. And then she remembered that that's what Hewitt's last words were to the guards on the dock. Buy us time. And then Anna says, but if they take the island or destroy it. And then Luca said, do not worry. I have no intention of getting myself killed. And then Ophelia's like, or getting me killed? And Luca's like, oh, of course. You can take Jupiter on board, however. He will enjoy the adventure and he's quite familiar with the sub's gallery. Besides, who knows? Perhaps this is all a false alarm. Or perhaps Lincoln Base will destroy the Animax and save the day. And she thinks, I can tell he doesn't believe either scenario, but he wants to keep my spirits up. So everyone's looking at Anna, waiting for her decision. In the end, it has to be her call. It has to be hers. It's the Nautilus is only going to move for her. And so she turns to Jim, and she waits for him to tell her that he's going to stay behind too. And he's like, oh no, my orders are to keep you safe. Where you go, I go. And she's like, she said, I really wanted to tell him this. No, really, that's okay. Go shoot some things. I'll be fine. <laughs> and then she says, all right, Luca, I'll hold you to your promise. You do not get yourself killed. Gather the crew. Get the orangutan. I'm taking command of the Nautilus. Chapter 39. Within 15 minutes, everyone's on board. Nalina gives her a high five before leaving the cephalopods to the engine room and the orcas lugging crates of food and medical supplies along with a collection of Jupiter's cookware while the orangutan models along next to them, signing, careful with that, careful with that, be careful. And then Jim sends his sharks to the weapons room to make sure that their antique torpedoes are secure. And Anna goes to sit in the captain's chair and she starts to speak in bundly again. She says, Nautilus, I need access to all systems, please. Our crew's on board, we're ready to get underway. And the organ starts to play. That's totally not creepy at all. And then it falls silent. And Leanne's like, okay, that was different. And then Nalina's voice is crackling overhead from a, some sort of metal speaker. And she's like, Anna, you did it. Looks like we've got full power. And that red button for super cavitation, it's glowing now. And then she's like, you can hear her like muffled debate between them. And she's like, yeah, I know, I know. We aren't going to push it. And then Anna says, stand by. All we need are basic thrust and depth controls. And then she's like, I'm not sure if Nalina can hear me. And so she grips the control. She's like, is this thing on? And her words boom from a speaker all over. And she's like, thanks a lot, Nautilus. And she says, engineering? And Nalina's like, oh, yeah. We're all the way down here. And so she's just checking every part of the ship every submarine section where people are spread out and to make sure that everyone's good everyone's okay and ready to go and then leanne grins and she says i captain here goes nothing the water rises outside engulfing the windows the nautilus submerged and for the first time in a century and a half she sails out under her own power and then we hit something Chapter 40, the sub starts to immediately shudder and screech, and Anna's like, everyone, stop! 
and Anna says, what was that? And then Halima grimaces, and she says, uh, that's on me. The locust was set for long-range scans, and she's pushing these buttons, button, 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 whatever. And she's like, okay, I got it fixed. And then Anna says, no, it's my fault. I gave the order. Is there a damage report? So trying to make sure that everything's still intact and everyone on her crew is still alive. And then Leanne mutters, oh yeah, look at that, giant rocks. And then Esther yells, did we hit a rock? And then Lena said, I think we hit a rock over the speaker. And then Anna's like, thanks, we kind of got that. Can anybody tell if we took damage? And everyone's like, not that we can see, but let's not ever do that again. And someone says, agreed, helm, ease us off of the pokey finger of death rocks, please. And they kind of get everything settled and then they hear this huge explosion and like bubbles cascade over the windows and Anna grips the armrest and she's like, what was, and then Jim yells, explosion. Not, not close though, that was about, and then he fiddles on the controls and he's like, whoa, that's cool. And then Anna's like, uh, we were kind of talking about explosion. And he's like, right, sorry, that was a detonation about the north rim of the atoll about a kilometer away. Torpedo, maybe? And then Virgil's like, it's, it was a massive shockwave for a torpedo. And then Esther says, it's probably the Animax. Then Jim says, our tactical is down. I can't tell what's going on out there. And she asks if they had gotten a position on the Animax. And they said, nothing. Maybe they're camouflaged. Esther said, that could be good. Maybe they won't be able to see us either. And then speaking of which, Anna says, engine room report, how are we looking? And Elena says, well, the glowing things are still glowing and the humming things are still humming, so I think we're good. And Anna says, if we have dynamic camouflage, now would be a good time to activate it. And she's like, uh, yeah, stand by. And so everyone's kind of quiet. Everett, no one's speaking, even Top's being quiet. They're all like waiting. Is there gonna be another torpedo? Like what's gonna happen? And then Esther rests her hand on the back of the chair, and she says, But now this feels good. I think she's excited. And then Jack returns, and he's out of breath from running the length of the ship, and he says, There's no problems. And Elena announces, Camouflage activate. I mean, yeah, camouflage activate. <laughs> and then Helena says, We're out. And then Leanne says, Yes! Their enthusiasm doesn't last. And Jim shouts, Anna, I've pinpointed the Animax. That explosion? It didn't just hit the north side of the atoll. The north side of the atoll is gone. Hey guys, before you go move on to your next podcast or eat your lunch, make sure to check out the bio of the episode where you can find a link to support this podcast. And whether or not you choose to support, just make sure to check out the bio in general because there's lots of information there on what each episode is going to be about, what chapters we'll be going over the next week, and also the link to send in a voice message. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast episode and make sure to come back next week for the next four or five-ish chapters of Daughter of the Deep. I'll see you then. And remember... Socrates rules.